This is Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors, exclusively on the Bun 2.0, KBUNFM 104.5. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors is sponsored by DS Beverages, Paul Bunyan Country's distributor of Anheuser-Busch, and by Bonded Lock and Key, your home for Liberty Safes. Well, today on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors, we get to check in to one of, with one of our favorite people, Chip Lear of Fishing the Wild Side. Chip, thanks for taking the time to spend some time with us today. Uh, it's good to be here, Kev. It is that time of year where we're, we're, we're excited to go fishing, but we're feeling a little stuck. <laughs> yeah, we are kind of stuck, aren't we? There's uh, There's been some ice, but as we heard, uh, bad news with some people going on on the ice, so it's not really time to get out there yet, is it? Well, there's a time of year that we fish, and there's a time of year we work on our gear. Right now we're on working on gear, but we're days away from getting on the, getting on the ice. Um, so, yeah, let's just talk about that a little bit. We know you want to get out there. We know you want to ice fish, but, God, be safe, for crying out loud. There's no prize for being the first one out there. You don't win anything, and and it's 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 simple risk reward mentality in my mind. I I'm as diehard a nice fisherman as anybody, and I love getting out there. But uh, let's let it let's let it lock up, let it get solid, and we'll get out there when when things are safe. Uh, it, it doesn't a couple of days is not going to change anything. That's a fact, um, um, and and we've already had to have uh, you know rescue units go out and, and take care of some people. So, uh, yeah, you're right. Be careful. Take your time. And like you said, there's gear to get ready anyway. Absolutely. I mean, that it's part of it. You know, the tinkering and the and and getting ready for the season. And, and that's one thing that I I've really worked at to hone my craft in recent years is. I'm done with the accumulation years where I, I've got to have it, got to have it, got to have it, got to have it. I've, most recently in the last few years, I've been trying to uh, pare down what I actually need, and it's amazing how small a tackle box and a couple of rods, a few jigs, um, and I I can get out there and, and be as uh, competitive with anybody out there on the ice right now and, and, and taking a lot less gear. So I think less is better in my mind. <laughs> What what gear is essential though? I mean, if, if you're going out there, what what do you want to make sure that everybody's got with them? Well, I mean, it, you want to be as comfortable as you can. That's a number one. The more more comfortable you are, that the the longer you know, the, the more efficient. At least I'm going to fish. So, um, and those are where you know luxuries can vary in in cost and expense. But a nice ice suit, um, you know, especially like early season, something that's got maybe a little bit of, of a float in it, like a striker suit or something along that line, or wear a life jacket, all that stuff. And life jackets add warmth, too. Um, all that stuff stuff helps. But I want to be out there. I want to be comfortable. Other than that, it's, it's um, one or two rods. I like a couple of different rods because I can have them pre-rigged with a couple of different presentations. Um, and, I, and an assortment of, of tackle, which would be, I always have some sort of aggressive type of, of jig uh, presentation, something like a little puppet minnow or something that, that swims out or darts out from side to side, something that's going to go out and make contact with fish quickly, and then something that drops a lot slower, something, uh, you know, some sort of fly or some sort of neutral no, uh, type of jig that is going to entice the, the fish that may be a little less willing to chase an active jig. Okay. Um, one of the things that has really turned the world of ice fishing upside down. I mean, we've always had ice houses, but these uh, the, these portable ones that are they're actually really um, beautiful homes, <laughs> but you, but you can move them around a, a little bit more frequently. Uh, that has really turned things around. 
you know, we got to be careful. They make these things any nicer. We're going to probably have to pay some sort of uh, tax on furline tax. <laughs> on these I think so. Don't tell the DNR that because they're going to look at it as an opportunity. <laughs> They they are amazing, and that has really uh, that's really ch- changed the, the the volume of people fishing in the wintertime. Well, I, I, that's because everybody's welcome, right? And and I think that you uh, it, it becomes much more of an event, right? You're not just going out there to catch fish; you're going out there for the experience. You're going out there for the weekend. Um, yeah, you're going to do some fishing, but along the way, you're going to. Uh, you're going to cook a nice meal. You're going to have some friends. You're going to, uh, you know, stream some movies, or you're going to play some games. Whatever you happen to do, um, it's a it's it's a wonderful addition to the world of ice fishing. It is. You don't have to sit on a bucket. You don't have to be in a portable. Uh, you can attack this as as comfortably as you want to, and that's why I brought that up right away at the beginning there, because that's really key in the world of ice fishing. Is be comfortable first. And if that's how you want to pursue the sport, no matter what, you're not fishing without your hard house. Um, please wait a couple weeks before you get out there. Let's let let that get really locked up before we go. Um, You know, guys like Vro Brosdahl, he'd probably, uh, you know, be shirtless if he could. He's got apparently loves it as cold as possible. But for most people, uh, there's, you, you want a little bit of uh, comfort when you're out there. Absolutely. I, I'm, uh, for me, I mean, I've got my body down pretty in terms of layering. I mean, I, I like, I like lots of layers. Because I can strip them on, strip them off, depending on how heated I get moving around out on the ice. The only thing that I really struggle with on a day-to-day basis is my hands, because I, I prefer to go gloveless a lot, and even though it gets cold. So I'll, uh, and but I, that's where I do like having some sort of shelter with heat, because I can pop into it. I can warm my hands back up if I get uh, get chilled, especially early season. I mean, we're going to go through some times here in December where that we're we're going to get cold or the wind's going to pick up and it's nice to have a little uh little protection from that wind and, and stay warm and then I'll pop out of the house and run around uh you know and attack an area with a lot of different holes and then run back into the house and get warm again. Chip you're involved in the uh in the tackle business and, and you're you know on the cutting edge of what's going on anything cool and new in the world of ice fishing we should be aware of? Well, there's lots of improvements every single year. Um, and, and locally here, I've been one of the things that I'm most excited about. It's taken a couple years to get this thing all the way uh, through the system, but the the new eye, eyeball spoon from Northland Fish and Tackle, which is an old idea. I mean, it's an eyeball, and and eyeballs are are not legal in in Minnesota, but in the states that it is legal, it's amazing the attraction that they they uh, will do to, to fish, and that's where. Basically, Northland has copied the eyeball look and shape and turned it into a, a spoon. It, it's, it looks simple. It doesn't look complicated. You lift and drop it. It doesn't have a, you know, a, a really goofy side-to-side action. But in all the playing in the last couple of years, I mean, these fish come into this, this uh, spoon, and they attack it, and they hit it hard. I'll, I certainly don't have scientific data on this, but I know for a fact that uh, in fishing with it this last couple of years, or last year in particular, uh, they when they came in to eat this spoon, there was much, there was no hesitation. It was a an immediate thunk, which tells you that they saw it, they spotted it, and they went after it. What is the uh, Chip Lear rule of thumb when it comes to ice thickness? Um, I don't really go out until I get about six inches of ice underneath me. I mean that's uh, and I'll and I'm so I'm. 
probably when you look at that DNR scale of, of 4, 6, 10, 12, you know, 18 inches of ice, I'm actually probably a little bit behind that. I'll, I, my, my rules are 6 inches of ice to, to walk. I won't drive a, a snowmobile till I get, or my ATV till I get, you know, a good solid 10 inches. And uh, I really never do take a vehicle on the ice unless, um, unless there's, there's roads or I'm going out of an established uh, resort system that has a type of a highway. Otherwise, for the most part, I, I park on the shore and I take either a, uh, an ATV or a, I've got a side-by-side with some tracks now that has really become my preferred way of travel out over the ice, and, and that's, uh, that's my own model there. How was uh, fall fishing this year from what you've heard, and uh, what's your anticipation for the uh, ice fishing season? Well, for me personally, fall was fall was a little rough, and I think it, was, it had a lot to do with the weather that I faced and the days that I was able to fish. Um, I, I, I didn't get a lot of really good weather fall fishing days that allowed me lots of uh, lots of ability to uh, to audible. I, I found myself a little cornered and stuck with weather. Overall, I think fishing was pretty decent this fall. It was a little bit quick. Uh, the bite bites didn't last that long. Uh, but they were they were good. September in particular, the end was was really good at uh, at the end of September. But uh, coming into fall here, I mean, the state of Minnesota is in pretty decent shape across the board, from from Lake of the Woods through Leech and down to to Malax. I mean, we have uh, we've got you know, a lot of fisheries that are in really good shape, and I would anticipate that you know weather related and access. Uh, Ability that we get some decent weather here and, and good ice, and we're allowed access to these lakes. We're gonna we're gonna be able to have some pretty decent fishing this winter. I don't know why we would not. I mean, it, generally, Minnesota in particular is in in really good shape in comparison to other states. Okay. If uh, moving on, we want to congratulate you uh, for getting into your second fishing hall of fame last year you made it into the national freshwater fishing hall of fame. This year you're into the Minnesota fishing hall of fame. Congratulations. Thank you very much, Kevin. It's uh, it, 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 you just gotta pinch yourself a little bit here when this kind of stuff and recognition comes your way because it, it's not something that is ever part of the part of the plan. Uh, but it is certainly it, 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 it's certainly it's very it's very humbling to go to go through this a second time now. Well, I did now. Did you ask the state Hall of Fame what took them so long? Because you know you made it into the National Hall of Fame first. <laughs> I will let somebody else much more boisterous than I ask those type of questions. What you does cross your mind, though, Kevin, is there's this is Minnesota. Uh, this is an incredible state we live in. It is one of the more premier fishing states in all of North America. Um, there's, there's, there's just our per capita of angler is incredible. Um, so it, it's that part. And you, in my mind, because I, I live and breathe this stuff every day, there are so many extremely worthy anglers inside the state, uh, both older and younger than I am, that you say to yourself, you know, why why not this person, this person, this person, why me? And that's where you – I don't have that answer. Um, and I and, and, and so that's where you just got to stand back and, and uh, for myself at least, just kind of really – taken back by the fact that i i get chosen because they they limit the amount of choices a year it's not it's not an open-ended deal i believe there's two or three uh individuals a year that are bestowed this honor and and for some reason this year is my year well congratulations on that once again of course i think we talked a little bit and i talked with john peterson uh, about the minnesota fishing hall of fame i know they were having some some cash flow issues due to some reconstruction of roads so people couldn't get to it uh do you know where we're at with that 
I think that they're um, they're in a, a the, the Museum Hall of Fame is in an interesting position of trying to determine what and how to to move forward. They're they're in downtown Little Falls. They get uh, moderate visitation. They've got some nice displays of tackle. They've got uh, uh, you know, so there's a lot of historical. Uh, data that is that is available to people to stop in. I certainly encourage them to get off of the highway and make the trek into uh, to Little Falls and, and spend an hour or two inside the uh, the museum there. Uh, but I know that they're looking to determine where they're going to go. They're through their rough patch at the moment, um, and I know that they're trying to determine what their next step is in terms of uh, location and growth. And of course, education for them is is. It's the museum, it's the Hall of Fame, and it's the education center. So it's far more than just a place where where, where you go to look at old tackle and a bunch of plaques of some old guys. There's yeah. uh, there's there's a whole uh, push to help you know generate the next uh, interest in the in the sport and the next generation of angler. Uh, are they committed to remaining in that community? That I don't know. That is a question that I'm I'm not I, I'm not aware of. Okay. Um. Yeah, you know, it's uh, yeah, you think like Walker, for example, or Bedette, or some place like that would be a natural place on a lakeshore where you'd have the Hall of Fame. Um, but I haven't heard anything one way or the other either. Yeah, I think they'll they'll work it out. I think that they're they're I think they're that those kind of things I I know for a fact are being discussed and trying to be determined and how most importantly it and it's it's one thing to to archive the the tackle and all the memorabilia that is Minnesota uh, fishing um, and the, of course recognize the the Hall of Fame legends, but really it comes down to the education center and i know that is of great debate is how to how to best position that facility and uh and 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 their mission in terms of carrying it to the next generation and and where that location would be is it is it is it further north is it a bigger city is it a different intersection you know there's all all sorts of those things that that get discussed more of the great outdoors with kev jackson next on paul bunyan country outdoors My guest today on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors, Chip Lear. We'll get back to Chip in just a moment. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors is sponsored by DS Beverages and Bonded Lock and Key. Check us out online at kbunsportsradio.com. Click on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors or download the podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. And we're on Facebook and Twitter as well. Well, Chip, I know that uh, you know, you're know you very busy with fishing the wild side. What has fishing the wild side been up to lately? Well, pretty exciting. I mean, fishing the wild side, we still have our... our uh, we've still got the website, fishingthewildside.net. We've got uh, a newsletter that goes out on a very regular basis, so we'd love to have you stop by and register for the newsletter. You just get, might win yourself a, uh, a free gift if you register soon online there because uh, we give away some, some striker uh, graveyard shirts for those that register for the newsletter. So get to the website and sign up. Um, have one of those in your delivery box, and we're working on a – expanding into other forms of media moving forward. Uh, those details we'll just kind of tease you with at the moment, but it's coming up <laughs> okay. in a few weeks. All right. Very cool. Um, one of the things that uh, is uh, reverberating through the fishing world uh, once again is uh, the continued spread of AIS, in particular zebra mussels. Uh, more reports again in the fall and uh, most recently Paimouche Lake. Um, it just uh, – it, it, 
it's 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 getting very frustrating to keep hearing that seemingly week in week out. Well, as anglers, as Minnesotans, as people that care about our resource, it is more important than ever that we individually are doing everything that we can to prevent that spread. Um, it's uh, the, the interesting fact here, and I know I've mentioned it before, but if you're not familiar with it, less than, you know, of all, all the stories you hear about AIS, less than 5% of our lakes are infested with aquatic invasive species inside the state of Minnesota. So this war that we have on invasives is we're still way ahead of it. Um, it, it makes perfect sense that some of the more trafficked destinations um, are, are, you know, have have uh, AIS has shown up in first. That makes perfect sense. Uh, but it's also really important that we work to ensure that it doesn't continue to get spread, especially uh, it, as we move forward and, and more fishing opportunities and more places are, are presented to us. So, I mean, I encourage everybody to you know do what you can do, but also at the same time, don't be afraid to, to stand up and say something to someone else. So if you see somebody on the highway with a boat plug in, if you see somebody transporting... Um, minnows or water or anything that is wet between uh, bodies of water that uh, you speak up and, and make sure that they have done the proper treatments to carry things from, from one body of water to another. I mean, that's the, the stuff that is, is becoming apparent is that AIS and aquatic invasive species are being transferred in lots of different ways. Um, and I know the anglers have taken a, a kind of a, taken it on the chin for this, but it isn't just the the anglers. Um, the, the the wakeboard boats with bladders are carrying water from one body of water to another. They got to make sure that they get uh, thoroughly flushed and properly flushed and cleaned between bodies of water. Uh, what's amazing is that is the kids could be down in White Bear Lake in Minneapolis or St. Paul area, and they can uh, they can have. Uh, aquatic shoes and all the all their lake toys and that stuff can get thrown in thrown into the back of the car come up to visit at a, at a resort in northern minnesota they jump back in the lake and without knowing it they're carrying some sort of uh, invasive species right along in their shoes and their uh, their their floatables or their life jackets it's it's really amazing how small um, of a piece of invasive species can make the track and track from one one body of water to another. Incredibly hardy, and it's something we just really got to pay attention to. Yeah, you know, and I'm sure most people never even think of that. It doesn't even dawn on them. There's all sorts of these little things, and there's um, it, and we're there's way more things that can be done than 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 we're doing. And I, I strongly encourage if you simple on social media, get to there's an organization called uh, Minnesota Traditions. So you can look it up on your on your Facebook or in your social media pages. But Minnesota Traditions has uh, kind of keeps you informed. It's a very positive, proactive uh, social media format that, that's headed up by the Mississippi Headwaters Board and all the counties that uh, surround the headwaters of the Mississippi. And they're working together to help show you positive solutions to rectify the aquatic invasive species spread and empower you to do what, what needs to be done. Because it, it's going to be far more than 
and somebody standing at an access making sure everybody that pulls in has got a plug out, right? It's got to be all of us looking at our neighbors and looking at each other and reminding each other when we have coffee or when we get together for what have you, uh, what, what is the proper systems to go from one body of water to another, and what do I got to do to make sure that I'm not spreading it? Okay. Um, you, you are also uh, very active in a new organization. Uh, tell us about that. I'm working uh, with a group called uh, Min Fish, uh, Sport Fishing Foundation and Coalition. It's, it's really an exciting group. Um, it is a number of very high-profile, influential anglers and companies, all that are deriving and making a living from fishing inside the state of Minnesota. So uh, Ron Shera is the president. Uh, John Peterson, one of the founders of Northland Fishing Tackle, is the vice president. Uh, Dave Osborne, owner of Clam Corporation there. We drive by it all the time in Rogers, Minnesota. He is uh, the treasurer. I'm on board. Jeff Arnold from Reeds is there. Uh, Frankie Jusenka from uh, from Frankie's Marine in, in Forest Lake. But Tom Mackin, the CEO of Rappel, is involved. Literally every company, uh, manufacturer inside the state of Minnesota, or anybody that's part of the 43,000 jobs that are represented in the state, has organized to give anglers a voice in St. Paul for all legislation that is pro-fishing. In other words, I mean, what's amazing is here we are in Minnesota. We're, we're uh, I think we've got over 825,000 boats registered in this state. There's 500-plus species of fish. We're number one in terms of shoreline. We've got 90,000 miles of shoreline in Minnesota. That's more than California, Florida, and Hawaii combined. Wow. Minnesota anglers... Uh, I think we're number three nationwide in terms of dollars spent on fishing, uh, and we generate $271 million in taxes. Sadly, not all those $271 million are getting reinvested back into our state for fishing uh, because no one has held our legislators accountable for what the monies, the monies that are due. And that's what MinFish is set up to do. It's to give anglers a voice and remind legislators that, uh, there's a, a large population of people and economic uh, uh, drive that is coming from our industry, and we need to keep investing and reinvesting into our lakes to make sure that um, we've got it there for generations to come. So we're here to support youth fishing programs. We got a couple hundred thousand dollars this last legislative session to support high school fishing. So if there's a youth group that it needs funding, to, uh, to get more access and get out and, and fish more often in more places. They've got a little bit of a budget to pull from from there. Uh, but our, our fish hatchery uh, needs needs monies, and we can't, we can't stock properly without the right fish hatchery, so we're trying to fight for some of that. Uh, I, I, anybody that, that goes fishing knows that, that boat ramps and accesses are in, in really rough shape across the state, so we're going to work to uh, to try to get... Some uh, some dollars spent there, and we'd, we'd certainly love to see. Uh, I mean, even even things simple like the walleye stamp. Um, people need to buy the walleye stamp. I mean, it 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 is it drives monies that go into stocking directly into stocking. Do not pass go. Do not get touched by anybody. Nobody gets that money. It all goes. So the money you buy that stamp goes to buy more fish to go back into the lakes. And it's all done out of the state, so it's all done from a private hatchery. So it's it's outside monies that get reinvested into uh, to our state. So it's a youthful group. We started in March. We're just getting moving right now. But I encourage everybody to get to min-fish.com, 
check out MinFish, Sport Fishing Organization, uh, Foundation and Coalition, and, and, and learn more about it. And we'd, if you want to get involved, just uh, send us an email, and, and you can do it, because there's, there's lots to be done and lots to be looked after in the state of Minnesota. We are the state of fishing, uh, despite what the hockey people say. <laughs> And we would love, uh, and, and we want to keep it that way. Well, we can be, we can be both. Oh yeah, well, well there's a time there, absolutely. <laughs> um, uh, did notice, by the way, that you were at the Vikings game last Sunday. Absolutely, skull. Yeah, that was pretty, yeah. pretty fun. Second half. Uh, that was a fabulous. That was one of the best halves of football I think I've ever sat through in, in uh, my life. That the sad, the sad truth of it was, I, I got a uh, my wife. We got a text from an old friend. At halftime, that all it said was, "I'm out of here." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who leaves a professional football game at halftime, but somebody did. Don't they know? It can change on a dime, man. Well, I think that that is the soured Minnesota sports. <laughs> we've uh, we, we've we've been there before. Well, I, I have to admire you, Chip, because I you know I see your posts and and I I am a kind of a. I kind of hold everybody off uh, at a distance until I'm convinced they really have it. Uh, you you are a true fan, and uh, and you wear it on your sleeve, and I I admire that. I'm all in. I, <laughs> I love the emotion that comes with live sports, and, that, and that's what it, it's great entertainment. I enjoy the roller coaster that we go through, the ups and the downs, and that was a real. But that's why we do it, right? I yep. mean, you feel you, you you feel like you just got kicked in the gut, and it's so awful. That you can't imagine it, you know, what's going to happen. And then they come back and had a wonderful second half. So, yeah. yeah that was a, good. That was a fun one to watch on TV. I'm sure more fun inside the U.S. Bank Stadium. Uh, it was, as, it, I've been in there a number of times. It was, it was as loud as I'd ever, uh, I'd ever, I ever heard it. Wow. So the real question is now, is that going to happen for the entire season for the Minnesota Wild? Can we just have this rough first half and then, and then really come home and then make the playoffs? Is that possible? Well, it's possible. I'm Anything's not, possible. Uh, yeah, I'm not convinced, but it is possible. <laughs> uh, and I know also you had been training for a, a, a marathon. Did you run that yet, or are you still working on that? Yeah, I, there's, a, there's a part of my life that I personally, uh, one of my passions is pushing myself physically to, to different limits uh, and just trying to figure out what those limits are. Um, I mean, I, I smoked cigarettes for over 20 years. Oh, my gosh. I got real comfortable sitting in a boat without doing a lot of, uh, lot of activity. And in the last, uh, I guess it's probably 15 years now, I've uh, I, I put a concerted effort towards physical fitness and pushing myself to new limits. And this year I, I did my first uh, trail marathon. I don't do many road runs, but I did a trail marathon, and then I did a, also did a 50K, which is 32 miles, and did them both at at elevation with lots of lots of climbing up mountains in the west, Ooh. and uh, it's it's really fun to to push your body to to limits you didn't think were possible, and the lessons that you learn about yourself along the way are, are that's my reward. Yeah, you get to know me just that much better. Well, you obviously survived. Oh yeah, all good. I feel great. I feel really good, and uh, I think I fish harder and more efficient with a. Uh, in, in better shape. There's no doubt about that. Okay. By the way, going back to the uh, the, the organization, how, just go to the website to get registered or to join the club? To min-fish.com. Yeah, yeah. For anybody that's interested in, in joining Min Fish, the simplest way to do it is go to min 
uh, hyphenfish.com and uh, just click on memberships and you can sign up. It's it's 100% free. There's you can register now. Of course, Minfish is going to need funding and needs monies. Currently, the all these companies that you'll see the logos on the website, they're the ones funding Minfish and making sure that it moves forward. Now, the entire board is all volunteer. Um, everybody that's working for it is all volunteer, uh, but the companies are are going to help us drive forward. Uh, and we certainly, um, you know, so membership is free for Minnesotans. Although at the same time, if uh, we, we are going to need funding, and you want to put together a founding membership, which is like thirty-five dollars, or a life membership, which is two hundred and fifty, we would love to have your participation. All right. And anything else you want to make sure we know is going on before we wrap it up today? No. Other than that, get out on the ice and enjoy this ice season. Embrace it, um, and and be safe out there. This is a, it's a fun sport, and uh, we want to get out there and have as much fun as we can but it's not worth any risk. That's a fact. It's Chip Lear from Fishing the Wild Side, a great friend of the show. Glad to have him on today. Chip, thanks very much, and uh, have a happy holiday season all the way through. Happy Thanksgiving. This has been Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Hear it exclusively on KBUN-FM 104.5, Thursdays at 1240 and Saturday mornings at 8.